What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast. That podcast by two brothers from the same mother, giving you their fantasy takes, hits, analysis, and anything they can think of. As usual, it is your boy Derek here with the older brother, that boy Daryl. Daryl, what's good with you, my man? How you feeling? I'm good, man. I'm very good. I already got this Thursday night football in the books. Got a big sports weekend coming up here. It's like we we venture kind of the um, oh, what do they call that? Like the sports equinox or something, man. Like this is <laughs> this is the best time of the year outside of Christmas. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, sports are sporting right now. Of course, we got football. Of course, we got baseball getting into the playoffs, and then we got basketball that is loading up. Matter of fact, um, what was it? Minnesota and Dallas just played a preseason game yesterday. I don't know if you knew or caught that. Yeah, yeah, I heard. Um, somebody, um, somebody said that like Luca got his first points of the preseason by drawing a foul, and was like, "Yep, basketball is back. <laughs> it's back. It's back indeed." But we're here to talk football, especially in the fantasy realm. On this episode, we'll be talking about some week five matchups. So we'll have three of them that we'll preview here. Uh, we'll also do the recap of I Can Do That, basically our buy or sell segment there. And we'll have three new ones today. And of course, we'll get to our bet sheet. The Thursday game has already happened, but we'll at least recap our pick and any thoughts we have there. Let's get to these matchups, though, my man. First game we got up. Should be an offensive doozy. We got Kansas City Chiefs sitting at three and one, heading to Minnesota, who is one and three. The over-under, I didn't note it on the sheet, but have a quick look up here. We have Kansas City at minus four and a half. Over-under is at a juicy 53. I'll turn it over to you. Talk to me about those Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs this week, man. So, you know, I'll start off with um, Patrick Mahomes, perhaps the best football player alive, maybe ever, whatever. But, um, you know, keeping it a buck, man. He, um, with him being a QB9 on the season, this hasn't been the return on investment that um, fantasy drafters were looking for this season. You know, he... He had an ADP of 14th overall on ESPN. So you're taking this man early second round and you're getting quarterback nine production right now. That's not, that's not the best, you know, expect it to rebound and all that. But, um, but yeah, as, as it stands right now, you know, we, we, we want to see this man get rolling and he's got a decent chance of doing that in this game here against, um, against Minnesota. Now, you know, you look at you look at Minnesota's like well I want to say recent pass they've only played for a game so all the passes recent pass but they've only allowed one passer to go over 200 yards in the four games they've had and that was Justin Herbert who threw for 445 yards so when they do let you go off you go off big um, in that game the Chargers had four passing touchdowns three of them by Herbert, one of them. If you remember, it was Keenan Allen to Mike Williams, or was it the other way around? Um, yeah, I think it was Keenan Allen to Mike Williams. But the thing is, though, you look at it, the other three quarterbacks were Baker, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Fields. So, you know, not exactly a murderer's row as far as 
as far as air it out passing goes, you know, um, Justin Fields, maybe, maybe we start giving him the benefit of the doubt after what he did last night and the week before, but you know what I mean. Um, so there's something kind of in, there's something kind of interesting regarding Minnesota's pass defense. According to Pro Football Reference, they blitz at the league's highest rate, but they create pressure at the fourth lowest rate. <laughs> and <laughs> if we know if we know anything. If we know anything about these about Mahomes, and you know, so all the good quarterbacks are kind of like this. You know, um, Burrow when he had a functioning calf, um, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen. When you blitz these guys, they absolutely light you up. If you're going to blitz and not get pressure, Mahomes could be poised to have a field day here. It remains to be seen if you know Brian Flores, um, the the Vikings. Uh, defensive coordinator, if he's going to change tactics or if he's going to stay the same, um, I, I I can't really call that. But what what I do think is that um, Mahomes is poised to like have have a very good week. I don't see him as being QB one like overall on the week. A couple other guys I think have better better matchups, and you know. I still have issue with their wide receiver core. It's like, okay, you could take advantage of this blitzing without pressure, but who are you throwing the ball to? Um, so, you know, I QB one, you're starting him. I'm not trying to say anything like that, but I think it's just like a decent to good matchup. Like, I don't think this is an obvious smash spot for him. So I'm thinking like mid to lower QB one this week. Um, Getting on to Pacheco, I have way fewer thoughts on the rest of the guys, but um, so you know, I'll, I'll keep it briefer <laughs> here. Um, Pacheco, you know, his usage has been very, very good lately. You look at Minnesota; they're in the um, they're in the bottom third of points given up to running backs. Like in the bottom third is in like fewest given up. So like they've been they've been fairly stingy with running backs, um, but I think we can expect a decent amount of usage for him you know, like a RB2 kind of day with some upside, you know, if he manages to get into the end zone a couple times. But I'm full confidence um, starting him, and I think his day his day is going to be made on, you know, if they get down there and he's able to get in, into the end zone as opposed to, you know, some kind of shovel pass to, McCar- to McKinnon or Kelsey or, or something like that. Speaking of McKinnon and also Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I'm not really looking to play Either of them is Pacheco or nothing in the backfield for me. And like I said, I'm I'm confident firing Pacheco up. Um, wide receiver, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Like nobody nobody really stands out from a usage perspective here. Like in all honesty, I prefer to avoid the whole lot of them. If you you know if you had to nail me down and make me throw a dart here, I guess I say Rasheed Rice. Um, and that's really because, you know, he's his targets per route run been 32% on the season. The problem is he's not really getting on the field for over 55% of the routes. And hardly hardly any of them actually are. And the ones that are, you know, the wind sprint patrol between Justin Watson and MVS, they're, just, they're not earning targets. So, you know, it, it's a it's a stay away from me on the, on, on the receiving core. And with Kelsey, it's Travis Kelsey. You play him. He's, you know, number one option going into 
the week at the tight end position, number one option in Patrick Mahomes' heart. Um, you know, Minnesota hasn't been the best matchup for tight ends so far, but one, they gave up two touchdowns to Donald Parham. So, you know, that happened. And two, it's Travis Kelsey. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's not it's not a great matchup. It's not a terrible matchup. Um, but I think, you know, you 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 play the hits with, with these guys. I don't think there's any kind of sleepers really to unearth um on the KC side of things. Yeah, my main note on this matchup for Kansas City is Patrick Mahomes. And this should be a very good get right spot for him. Um, as you mentioned about their rushing or their blitzing rate versus actually getting the pressure, if you will. And, um, you know, we know how Mahomes is. And Minnesota plays zone 63% of the time. And Mahomes has pretty much been kind of a zone killer throughout his career. So, yeah, I I expect top three performance here for sure. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, maybe I'm too low on him, but yeah, that's that that that's totally fair. That, that that's totally fair. I just it's just his weapons worry me, and that's maybe why we haven't seen that draft capital be paid off yet. But you know, yeah. if anybody can do it, Minnesota can do it. Um, <laughs> true. True. So yeah. To the uh, to the Minnesota side of things, uh, Kirk start with Kirk Cousins. He started the season with three top five finishes, then sort of fell back to earth last week against Carolina, and he put his numbers were stinky: twelve for 19, 139 yards for two touchdowns and two interceptions. In a in a I don't know if you know much about that game, but they were in a dogfight with Carolina until like yeah. late late third quarter. And off a off a scoop and score on a um on a well a, a sack strip fumble um by by Bryce Young. So, you know, <laughs> their offense didn't really win them that game and they didn't they didn't look all that good. Um but you know, you look at this matchup with the Chiefs, very likely it's gonna be a situation where, you know, they're gonna need to be tit for tat with these guys. Minnesota already skews pass heavy. So I think that from from a um, from a volume perspective, you know, all the ingredients are there for Kirk to have to be, you know, dropping back and slinging that thing around. Um, so I, I think he'll have all the opportunity in the world. It's going to come down really to how efficient he can be. Um, he's been having a little bit of turnover issue, putting the ball on the ground, putting the ball in defenders' hands a little bit. Um, if he does that way, way too much this game, you know, I think it could it, it could be bad for him. But again, harping on the volume, that's going to be there. Um, I found this funny little quirk re- regarding Kirk um, when, when I was looking looking through some stuff. When you look at his pass protection, um, the Vikings have high pass protection grades from PFF and high pass block win rate from ESPN, like top five, top six in both yet mm-hmm. kirk is seeing pressure at a top five rate in the league and it's like what? wow so like i went <laughs> to I, I went to next gen stats his time to throw is 2.9 seconds and like for, for reference Tua is um the fastest in the league at 2.37 seconds you know as in snap the ball dropped back 2.37 seconds come off the clock who was putting that mark in the air Zach Wilson is the worst right now at 3.11 seconds. So 
Kirk is, you know, 0.2 seconds faster than Zach Wilson. And we know how he, how he likes to do. Um, right. <laughs> so like the thing, the thing, you know, the 2.9 seconds, depending on your makeup, it could be not that bad a thing. Like basically if you have wheels and you, and you know, you can get away from pressure, you know, you're staying back there because you're able to navigate the pocket buy some time. You have Lamar Jackson's athleticism. Okay, fine. Maybe take a little bit more time, even though Lamar has sped up his time to throw this season, but we're not talking about that. But Kurt with, with his, you know, concreted feet, Trying to trying to be back there the same amount of time as these other guys like it's it's super weird. So I think that's how he ends up throwing all these picks and how he ends up getting sacked so much. And um, you know, it just, it just doesn't make sense. But again, um, you know, how does that fit in with this game? Well, KC uh, KC does tend to get a good bit of pressure on, mm-hmm. on on the quarterback. So you know, it's not. You know, they're the and they're also a good defense on on the back end. I meant to check their injury situation because I know there was something going on with Legarius Sneed, but um, I'm not sure if he's going to be back. Um, anyway, all that to say, I'm not in love with Kirk hitting a ceiling outcome this week unless he's just super duper efficient on, on, on the volume that, that he's going to get. But you know, it's always possible for him when he has Justin Jefferson and Hawkinson and to a lesser extent Addison. Um, I'd be fine with playing him this week, especially given given the buy situation. I could see him coming in as a low end uh, QB one this week, maybe even maybe even lower, maybe even lower mid tier, if you will, like seven eight type type of thing. So you know, it's not nothing to shy away from. But I'm not expecting a smash out of him. Uh, onto the running backs, much more quickly. Um, Madison and Acres, um, things aren't really looking up for for this backfield this week. You know. Akers is in his second full week with the team. How much will that eat into Madison's work? Uh, we'll, we'll we'll have to see. You know, Akers did get in for for a decent amount. It, it wasn't anything impressive, but for a guy who had just been on the team for a week, you know, he certainly put a ding in Madison's um, workload. They're both coming off very efficient performances last week against the Panthers, um, but the KC defense has been pretty stingy against RBs for fantasy. And this isn't likely to be a um, a run heavy game script. You know, this isn't going to lead itself to uh, run heavy usage for them. Plus, Minnesota skews pass heavy. Plus, they don't really pass. You know, they they, they pass to the running back position at about at just under a league average rate. So, I'm not I'm not seeing many positive peripherals for them. I'm playing Madison. You know. With the RB two expectation, hopefully he's able to punch in a touchdown and you know brighten up that day. But I'm really, I don't really too much like um, like like their prospects. You know, for DFS, like let's say I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'd be looking elsewhere. Um, and lastly, to I'll just lump in the the the, the catching core, the the receiving core: Jefferson, Addison, Osborne, and Hawkinson. Um, Casey is in the upper like 20% of teams that that use man coverage. Like they 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 do it a lot. I think they're like sixth or seventh on the year um, with the frequency with which they use man. And Jettas and Hawkinson, like they they do the majority of eating anyway, but like they really do eat in man 
Uh, Jefferson said 33% targets per route run versus man and 4.1 yards per route run versus man. Um, if Kansas City rolls out with the same tactics, I expect big things from him. You always expect big things from him, but like 4.1 yards per route run, like get the hell out of here. Um, <laughs> Hawkinson, Hawkinson's not bad either, for especially for a tight end, 25% targets per route run versus man, 2.1 yards per route run. That's very good for a tight end. You were playing him anyway, but there is – there's a decent amount of ceiling for both of them um, at, at, at their respective positions. Addison, not really so much. I mean, he's seen an 18% targets per route run, which is, uh, the, you know, all things equal. Puts him in like a decent, maybe flex-ish uh, territory, especially during bye weeks, but 0.5 yards per route run versus man. You know, he's only four games into his career. So, you know, if you can't really – you can't say the book is written on him versus man. Um, you know, maybe maybe he'll 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 get it right like starting today, but he hasn't put that on tape um quite yet. I look at him as a flex th- this week because as we talked about before when we talked about them, he's a he's a guy. It only takes him one play to get his numbers and to get over. Um so you know, with again with buys, not a bad not, not a bad flex option. And KJ Osborne, that's a no for me. Um, lots of route participation, very little targets, very few targets. That's a dart throw type of play. At best, I would look elsewhere. Agreed on all that. My main highlight is with TJ Hawkinson, uh, mainly because fantasy point-wise, the Chiefs have been basically in the bottom 10 in points given up to each position with the exception of tight ends. They've given up the ninth most points to that position. Um, Sam Laporta had a five reception game. Evan Ingram has six receptions in the game against them. And Tyler Conklin even gave him four receptions. Um, so, you know, it's been respectable outputs by tight ends. Um, if I, you know, if I had to, you know, if I had to say, I think TJ Hawkinson has a ceiling to be a top tight end, like the tight end one this week. Um, so I really like this matchup that he has against Casey. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 right there with you on that. Um, and I mean, like, just, especially just like relative to the rest of the position, like, yeah, you you pretty much just gotta you you, you gotta roll with him. Um, you have any other notes on KC in Minnesota? I do not, good sir. All right, well then, let's kick it to you for our next uh, preview here. We're going to be looking at the Philadelphia Eagles sitting at 4-0, and traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Rams, who are sitting at 2-2. Two and two. Um, The spread is Philly minus 4, and wow, another healthy over-under at 50.5. So what you got with these Eagles? How are they looking to you? 50 of them. Yeah, big high um, over-under here. Uh, well, with Philly, starting with Jalen Hurts, QB five on the season has had finishes of 19, four, nine, and six um, in PPR um, finishes there. So not bad so far, but, you know, some people kind of want more and this might be a matchup for him to possibly do that. Um, The Rams have the lowest pressure rate in the league at 27% and they run zone 56% of the time. Well, Jalen Hurts is top 10 
in yards per attempt against zone defense. So this could be kind of a situation for his guys to ball out. Uh, personally, I see him as a top three option this week, even though the Rams have given up the 20th most points to the quarterback position. I still love Jalen in this matchup, and you're starting him regardless. To that running back room, uh, DeAndre Swift, Kenneth Gainwell. Swift should definitely be in your lineup. Um, he has... Over these past couple weeks um, with Gainwell back, he's proven and been the running back out there um, leading in snaps and whatnot. As far as um, his performance, he has a 6.2 yards per carry amount right now, which is insane. Ooh. And he leads in yards before contact with 191 of those. And then he's top 13 in yards after contact per attempt. So his line work and he's doing some work as well. He's also top three in missed tackles. So you start, man, comfortably an RB1, in my opinion, in this matchup. Again, despite the Rams being um, bottom nine and points given up to the position, they do give up a healthy 4.4 yards per carry. Um, Kenneth Gainwell, still a stash. Um, I'm not looking to put him um, in the lineup. He's seeing about 42% of the snaps since he's come back, 27% of the rushing tip attempts, and 42% of the routes. You know, that's just a very, very lower-tier flex play, um, more so if you're in a big bye week. So, you know, if you have a lot of people missing, he would be a desperation flex play. Hopefully you have better, though. The wide receivers, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, both of these guys are in your lineups. Um Stupid numbers they have right now. A.J. Brown, 34% of the targets, a 13 A dot, and 3.1 yards per route run. Devonta Smith, 24% target share, uh, two, two uh, yards per route run, and 14.1 on the A dot. Very, very healthy numbers for these guys. They're definitely in your lineup. Um, AJ's coming off a very good performance last week against the Red, the Redskins. Wow, the Commanders. Um, an interesting stat here is that 81% of the air yards are the team air yard shares between these two. So <laughs> yep. uh, these are Jalen's guys for damn sure. They're in your lineup, no doubt. Um, Dallas Goddard. Uh, Let's talk about a, it. <laughs> yeah. Been a rough one for him. Um, some peripheral stats, 16% target share for a tight end. Not bad at all, but the 0.7 yards per route run, that's 0.7 yards per route run, 6.2 A dot. Eh, man, it's that's been rough. The A dot is pretty much the same as last year. It's just, man, the, the targets it just hasn't been really worth of anything to him. But this is this is a matchup where he may have a kind of a little breakout here. Um, the Rams give up the third highest yards per reception to the position and their top 10 in points given up to the position. So I think you still start him. Um, there's a little bit of ceiling here, but I understand if after this week, you're kind of like, you know, it may be time to hit the waiver wire or if you got another tight end on your roster to put him in, but stick through it this week. I think Dallas Goddard could have a solid week this week. Yeah, man, I'm right there with you on Goddard as far as this kind of being a little bit of a make-or-break week. 
for him in terms of if he doesn't show some signs of life this week, then it's um, it's it, he goes on streamer watch, you know, where you just really start entertaining playing matchups with um, with with you know guys you could pick up on the waiver wire or guys you may have rostered. Just just like you said, you know, it was you know five five weeks. I think should be enough to determine if he's going to be you know a set it or forget it or or not and to this point he hasn't been um so yeah um i'm 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 mostly right there with you i think as far as your ranking on hurts with number 3 overall you know it's 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 hard to argue with that just because it's it's hurts and he has so many he has so many outs it's as far as you know the, the running and whatnot i think the passing volume could be a could be an issue this game, you know, they're only getting up like 32 or so passing attempts um, per, uh, per game. And, you know, the, the the Rams aren't, they're not a soft spot, but they're not, I, you know, they, they're not an, av- an obvious smash spot. I could, I, I, I could see, I could see a situation where, you know, he's going to have to rely more as far as his fantasy performance is going to have to be carried more by the rushing than it is the passing. Cause they honestly, they really haven't gotten right all that often with the passing. Um, you know, they're not particularly high ranking and explosive plays um, or anything like that. It feels like we have it burned into our heads that, you know, either Jalen or AJ is streaking down the field and, and, and whatnot, you know, busting, busting wide, um, wide open runs, but it's, as far as far as how it rates towards the rest of the league, it's kind of it's kind of middle of the pack. So, you know, there there is a chance to break out here, but I'm not really, I'm not just like, yeah, this is the guy. You know, you're starting him because it's Jalen, but I do have some trepidation. Yeah, with, with Swift and Gainwell, um, pretty much, pretty much right there with you. This this Philadelphia offensive line is just stupid, um, and even though, even though the um, the Rams, you know, their run stopping unit rates well by PFF and by um, and by run rate and by ESPN's win rate. It's Philadelphia line, I think they 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 trump this. And when you add on to the efficiency that Swift's been showing you, um, like I'm I've, I'm excited to put him into my lineup. You know, just like every every given week, this man's finally getting getting his just deserves. Uh, Gainwell, right there with you, flex, but. Um, AJ and Devonte, you know, you figure at least one of them's going to eat the target trees narrow enough that you feel good starting either one of them. Which one will it be? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Maybe Devonte should squeaky will this thing because AJ's been eating for the last two weeks. Maybe Devonte right. needs to speak up so he can start getting getting his flowers. But uh, but yeah, you're obviously excited to start those two guys. I'm right there with you. For sure. For sure. To the Rams we go. Start with the quarterback. Got Matthew Stafford. Overall on the season, he's QB 19. Um, This is probably around where you expected him, um, you know, during draft season, if you will. But, you know, I think there are some better days ahead, mainly because he's thrown the most passing attempts in the league and only has three touchdowns. And and we've already kind of talked about that as well. But some of his background stats, he's top 12 in yards per attempt. He's top 10 in EPA per play. 
and he's top 10 in EPA per play under pressure. So I think all the peripherals kind of support that better days are ahead for Matthew Stafford. And so honestly, if he's a quarterback on your waiver wire, like I would be looking to potentially add him as we get here into more buys. Um, and you may even end up having a quarterback for the rest of the season, but that's not what we're here to discuss. It's a matchup against Philly. Um, Philly has the 19th highest pressure rate. They run about 50% of the time and they have a 0 0.09 EPA. So it's top seven in that number. So it's, it's a, it's a decent little defense here, but I mean, you know, they've been taking advantage of like we've seen Washington take advantage of them. Um, who was it? A couple weeks ago, they played somebody um, and they have some plays Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota. They gave up. So yeah, they gave up some big plays there. So uh, per fantasy pros, they have Matt Stafford as the QB 17 this week. I actually like him a little bit higher because I think he will be needed a lot for this game to be competitive and to keep it close. I value him more as a lower tier QB one, maybe right at a 13 um, QB two, which is a QB two range. Um, Kyron Williams running back. Uh, typically we may have another running back to discuss here, but <laughs> not in Los Angeles, <laughs> not in Los Angeles. They're a one man band here. 90% um, of the snaps, 78% of rushing attempts, 18% targets per route run. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a volume running back here. He's in your lineup every week. That's pretty much matchup proof. Um, it's just adjusting based upon what your expectations of the matchup are. And with Philly, they stingy dog. Fourth least amount of points given up uh, fantasy-wise on a 2.9 yards per carry. Hashtag yikes. Uh, for me, it's more of a RB2 kind of value I see for him uh, between that range of like maybe 13 to 20. But he has RB1 ceiling because of the nature of the volume. Um, to the wide receivers, very interesting how this will play out because Cooper Cup is back, baby. Um, McVay made an announcement, you know, saying, hey, Cooper Cup will be playing here. So welcome back to Cooper Cup. Those of you guys that have him on the squad, I would have no fears of starting him um, in, in this week's matchup. Uh, but as far as the rest of the receivers, between Puka, Tutu, and Van Jefferson, they play 89% or more of the snaps, which is crazy to say. Uh, Van Jefferson is the usual thing. He's on win sprint alert. Shout-outs to him, um, MVS um justin watson um who else we got win sprint alert win sprint alert yeah all those other guys he's there you go Devontae parker in the till and orange no longer yeah win sprint alert not worried about him now puka and tutu are very interesting here um tutu more so with cooper cup back i don't know how that's gonna work oh yeah and puka as well but more so with uh tutu on the worry there um in regards to Philly, let's go with that first. Uh, they give up the fifth most fantasy points to the position and slot and out wide wide receivers. They're eating their top five and points given up to both of them. So honestly, like Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, it's going to be interesting how this target share is going to um, 
shell out here these next couple of weeks. So be on the lookout for that. But I would have no problem starting either one of those guys, uh, looking at them as probably like wide receiver twos, just because we don't know how these targets are going to divide up. Two, two. Look, you got four teams on by this week. So, you know, depending on how deep your league is, he's going to be in play. I'm probably going to value him more towards like a wide receiver late four, early five. Um, So that's one of those guys that might be in your starting lineup, might not. Um, But he's one of those guys that you would probably value a little bit more just because of the nature of the spread in this game. So he's a lower, lower tier flex play when all said and done. And then finally, to Tyler Higby, this man, you know, despite – you know, maybe the target's not going as we expected. He's still tied in nine on the season, and that's per the 33rd. 16% target share, 17% targets per route run, 1.3 yards per route run. Nothing just great there, but, you know, this is good enough when you have the sixth most targets in the position and the fourth most yards. So when you're getting those kind of stats, you got to throw this man out here. Again, we're here with bye weeks. Even more reason to throw him out. Uh, Philly is top three in points given up to the position as well. So even more encouragement to put Tyler Higby in your lineups. Yeah. Um, bang on with Tyler Higby. So, yeah, I'll, I'll let what you said like stand as the final word on that. Um, really the kind of most inter- interesting thing here. Um, yeah, Kyron, you're playing the opportunity. And, you know, it's actually kind of comforting type of thing, at least at this point of the season, having Kyron on your team, because you can just put him in. And even if the matchup is bad, right? Yeah. Like, let's say this team averages giving up 18 points a game to the running back position, and that's like, you know, 25th in the league. Well, Kyron's probably going to get like 95% of those. So, you know, you got, you got All somebody right. <laughs> you got somebody you could throw in your lineup who's going to score you 15 points, and you more than likely got him off the waiver wire after week two. So, I mean, after week one. So, you know. Um, so yeah, that's a, he's a, he, he's one of them. there good problems. Um, as for, as for Stafford, there's, there's really a lot of ceiling here. In my opinion, I think his volume should be elite on as far as, um, as far as, you know, how many times he's going to drop back to pass, you know, they, they skew as a very pass happy, pass, uh, pass heavy. Well, I was going to say pass happy, but yeah, same thing. It's a very pass-heavy, pass-happy team. Um, so, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of volume for him. He gets Cooper Cup back, which I think, you know, I think, like, I'm not I'm not splitting the atom here, which definitely raises the ceiling on the, on, on that offense. Um, I think the key for him is, is that offensive line going to be able to keep him clean? Um, you know, that, that the Rams O-line has struggled, and um, Philly, the Philly defensive line can create some some pressure according to pro football reference they're creating pressure at the fifth highest um rate so you know um there's if they can keep him clean and then you add in the fact that philly is they are susceptible to giving up explosive plays stafford has the horses um to 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 really kind of put a hurt on them and to and to you know do well by your fantasy lineup um so yeah, I I like him, especially as a buy as a buy as a buy week fill in. 
um, for, for the week. I was going to say buy-in, Philip. <laughs> That's a bi-week feeling Goodness. for the week. Um, so, yeah, to the wide receivers, you know, probably the most interesting thing about them. Um, I feel like at least one member of this wide receiver core should eat, if, if not more. Because, um, again, working off the theory that Stafford's going to have elite usage. Um, Philly's been very friendly to wide receivers. And the thing that, that kind of stands out to me, um, especially in these four pre-Cooper Cup um, games, was that these guys were lining up, particularly Cooper, I mean, particularly um, Cup, excuse me, particularly Puka. God, that's hard to get right. Puka, Cup, Tutu. Between Puka and Tutu, they were they were lining up kind of all over the place, you know. Um, it, it, they start outside, end up releasing from the slot, you know, through motions and and vice versa. Like there's there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of flavor going on with um, with the way these wide receivers get deployed. And I know Cooper Cup tends to line up in the slot, but he does do a decent amount, um, like 40 percent of his route of his routes go out wide as well. And I think McVay is just going to have these guys all over the place. And I think that, you know, I think that all three of these guys have a shot to, to put a hurt on, on Philly. Obviously, you know, probably, probably one of them is going to come out on top as far as who gets the long reception or who gets into the, who gets into the end zone kind of thing. But I feel good with starting Puka Cooper Cup, I feel, you know, you can't you can't leave him on the bench. You also can't be surprised if they kind of ramp him up slowly. So if he doesn't see a full complement of routes, you can't be surprised, but also you can't let Cooper Cup go off on your bench. You know, you drafted this man in the first round. They say he's gonna be out there. You gotta go with it. And and with Tutu, like, yeah, he's he's got that one hit a quitter type of um, type of athleticism and the man saw 35 targets over over those four games. You know that's that, that's over eight targets a game. Like he was out there earning, and he was producing too. You know, yes, Cooper Cup is going to hurt hurt his targets, probably his routes run, but also you can't you know you you can't put that back in the box either. You know he proved very valuable to that offense, so I think he'll have some part to play. We just won't know until we get out there. But like you mentioned, um, you know. There's a, there's a lot of good wide receivers who are out this week, so you know you could do a lot worse than to flex Tutu. Um, so yeah, you could flex MVS or something like that. Um, MVS could get there, but I'm just saying, you know, like as far as a, as a target and what this guy can do, like I'd rather have a guy like Tutu out there because he's been getting fed. Right, right. Good points there. Our last matchup. We got the Dallas Cowboys heading out west to play the San Francisco 49ers. Dallas at three and one, San Fran at four and zero. We have a three and a half spread here. San Fran is the favorite. Over under is forty five points per our sheet. Daryl, talk to me about them Cowboys. So I went digging through the numbers and doing all that and. I like to do like I, I really enjoy doing this stuff and I did it and this this matchup on both sides just seems extremely vibe spaced like I don't in the, in in the sense of both of these defenses are really good both of these offenses well 
San Francisco has been good. The Dallas offense, they haven't really been pushed. The one time that they were, they didn't really show up all that well. So I guess maybe that doesn't bode so well for them. But honestly, man, it's 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 really hard to say. Like if you just look on paper and the, at the matchups and you look at what – so we'll start with Dak. What Dak has done versus what the 49ers do to quarterbacks, all of that stuff says go look for a streamer. It, it, it says this matchup for Dak isn't great. And that doesn't really fit with what, you know, what the what we feel about the Dallas offense, where we look at their weapons, when we look at, you know, Pollard, CD, Gallup kind of showed up last week. Um, 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 Brandon, Brandon Cooks should be another week healthier off his MCL injury. So if I tell you that they go out there and they put up 30, 40 points, that shouldn't be that shocking, but they haven't they haven't done it yet. So I'm of two minds about what what to do in that situation. If I had if I had another option, I'd maybe look there. Like, would I maybe start Stafford over him? Uh, I'd I give it I give it strong consideration. Um, you know, Dak's not a shoe in for me this week. I say that as I traded for him in the league. Um, but anyway. Uh, he's he's not a shoe in for me. I look at Tony Pollard. You know, he's been a bit of a disappointment this year, but his usage remains pretty damn elite. I think with his involvement in the past game, he gives you a couple outs for him to make his numbers. Um, I, I think he'll. I think at the very least, he'll be able to get. He'll be able to put up a decent day through receptions. Um, the 49ers have been kind of susceptible to that, and he does get usage in the past game. So, you know, that's kind of the benefit of having drafted Tony Pollard when you did. The workload comes in two different forms, on the ground, in at least two different forms, on the ground and through the air. So I'm playing him, but wide range of outcomes on the table. You know, um, this this mm-hmm. by it's by no means a guaranteed smash spot, but you're not sitting Tony Pollard. The only wide receiver that I really feel comfortable with here is CD Lamb. Um, you know, that's he's he, he's Dak's guy. You expect him to get the lion's share of the targets. I believe the San Francisco, um, they can be gotten at, um, they can be gotten at with uh, with the deep ball, but you know, like I said to start this, I I just don't have good feelings about any of these things. Maybe I should just have a strong take that like I really would prefer to fade all these guys, but you know, <laughs> I hold out hope that Dallas is is a really good offense. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm starting CD. I really would hope to not be in a position where I have to entertain starting Gallup or Brandon Cooks, though, because this offense hasn't really revved up and given us multiple good performances. So secondary weapons, I don't want to be starting them. Mm. Um, And as for the tight end situation, I'd love to be able to be in on, um, on Jake Ferguson because San Francisco's not like they're not some over – overwhelming matchup to the tight end position. It's just, um, if I'm, yeah, it's just, 
his route share, his, you know, he's he's still working in as one amongst three other dudes. He's been the most productive out of them. And, um, you know, his targets per route run have been better than the other guys. It's just the playing time. Is he going to be out there? So, you know, I, re- I really don't. I, I would really choose to look elsewhere. Um, I would I would roster him for sure. Like I'm not I'm not trying to kick him off my roster. It's just this particular matchup. It's like maybe you know sit this one out, champ. I'll get back to you next week. Um, so yeah, man. I just this whole in this whole Dallas offense thing. I'm just uh, I'm very very skittish about it. Yeah, and I completely understand that because you know coming to this game, both of these teams are like. Pace-wise, one of the most – well, both of them are kind of the slow – on the slow end as far as playing with pace. Um, Dallas are fourth slowest, and the 49ers are last in just a neutral pace in both ends. So, yeah, it's going to be a slow game, and I understand how that just trickles down to all your uh, recommendations um, there. The main point that I had or kind of one standout thing I had, you already mentioned it with Jay Ferguson – He's seeing a 31% target per route run and 1.8 yards per route run. So the stats there are great. It's just that, you know, we need, we would need him to be playing, you know, more of the routes out there. And right now on the season, he's running only about 58% of the routes. So just a guy to keep in mind um, going forward. Like if he can get up to like 65, 70, maybe 70% of the routes. I think we may be cooking some more with Jake Ferguson. But yeah, in this matchup, I'm not interested. Even I'm not interested, even though um it is a decent matchup for him. Yeah. Um I so as far as um you know, like, like I mentioned earlier about how da- the Dallas offense has really has really only been pushed in one game and they didn't kind of answer the bell. Would you expect, like, coming into this game, knowing that knowing that they're going to need to bring their right game offensively, do you think maybe McCarthy go aheads and pushes the Jake Ferguson button and leaves him out there um, more than he normally would have, or, or or is there just no way to know that kind of thing? Like, what what would you venture a guess to say on that? Yes, yeah, more so we just don't know, but I would think if there was if there was like a well, there is the chance that San Fran can just get out in this game and be up a lot early on. I think if that forces them to push their pace, then I could see Jake Ferguson playing more routes that way. But, you know, I'm expecting this to kind of be a back and forth game, being honest. So I'm not expecting much to change here in Ferguson, at least in this matchup. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I'm with that. I'm with that. Okay. So moving on to the San Francisco side of things. Um, again, you want to look at stuff on paper and whatnot. This doesn't set up for the best matchup for Brock Purdy. Um, you know, Dallas has, Dallas has been fairly stingy towards, um, towards quarterbacks and, (laughs) but you also have the fact that Purdy's been playing some pretty damn good football this year. Number one. Number two, his mm-hmm. weapons are ridiculous. Um, so, you know, you're, the, these two things are at war with one another. Um, 
Personally, I'm 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 a little the way I play, I'm a little too risk averse to you know to just stick with Purdy in this thing. Like I would look, I would look to stream. Um, you know, I I know that Dallas did just lose um Trevon Diggs. Uh, I've, I didn't, I, I know that Michael Parsons has been a little banged up too, but I believe he's all set to play as, as well. Um, yeah, with, with Purdy, with, with Purdy, I just avoid all that smoke and go somewhere else, but I can, I can see people being swayed by the siren song of he's throwing the CMC, he's throwing the Debo, he's throwing the IU, he's throwing the Kittle. So I won't blame you. It's just not for me. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's like kids' movies or something. Um, so <laughs> that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with that. Um, CMC, this is a no-brainer. Um, you're playing him. I'm downgrading him to a light smash um, instead of instead of a full smash. Uh, he's just a light <laughs> smash. Um, no, I think I, I think this man is going to be. Is going to be fine. Like he's pretty much like the one piece on both on both offenses that I'm really not worried about um, in, in in fantasy. And this is not this isn't to say he's about to go out there and put up 30. But I think even against Dallas, um, you know, he's am I would I be shocked if he put up 25, 27 points? I'm like no, you're not shying away from that from that usage. Um, What's his name? Uh, Elijah Mitchell is going to be out. I believe that makes Jordan Mason RB2, I want to say. Um, I, I, I can't remember. But here's the thing, you know, we got to keep in mind this. Only one team gets a bye in, 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 in the playoffs now. So this game could have serious tiebreaker implications. I say all that to say Kyle Shanahan ain't leaving this to chance with, um, with, with any secondary running backs like he Christian McCaffrey is going to be out there. So um, there, there's not going to be any 65, 35 or anything. Even if Elijah Mitchell was help was um was healthy. This wasn't about to be no 65, 35 short of injury. Like CMC is going to be out there getting work. So yeah, sign him up. Um, Debo and Ayuk. This matchup stinks for them. <laughs> this matchup absolutely stinks for them. Like on paper. Ayuk has been playing so damn well, though, man. So damn well. I just, I can't sit him. I can't, I, I couldn't bring myself to sit him. It's just, I fully, you know, like, like I've said this before in this matchup, huge range of outcomes on the table. Um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to play Ayuk because he's, he's just been absolutely sick this year, but would not be surprised if a lid is kept on him. Um, Debo, it's really hard to sit him as well, just because, you know, the talent, the talent is there. You know, we, we saw, you know, it, it, granted, it was against, was that against the Broncos where he, where he left bodies scattered all over the, um, all over the field. I, I can't remember where, where, where that was, but, um, or who that was against. But yeah, this man is a menace and it's not a great matchup. But still, I can't go away from him, so I'll be playing Debo again, knowing full well that the floor could be extremely low. George Kittle, 85% of me is saying this is a fade. 
like this is a this is a strong strong fade um, because Dallas doesn't they don't give it up to the tight end position and you know Kittle is very susceptible to just kind of getting lost in the shuffle in this uh, in, in in this offense and you know Michael Parsons going to be on the other side of the ball this man could very well be called in to block quite a bit in this game so I really 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 want to fade Kittle. In this game, I can't blame you though for being reluctant to fade that name. Um, my lean is to look elsewhere if that's even a possibility, given how thin tight end is. Yeah, there's no way I'm looking elsewhere. Kittle's in my lineup. I can't can't even get there with you on that one. But I understand the logic behind it. My main other thing or question will be for you. Mm-hmm. Let's say you have a roster. Let's say you have two quarterbacks on it. Let's say the two quarterbacks are Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy. Who are you starting? Ah uh, man, I think I'm starting Purdy. I okay. think I, I think I'm starting Purdy, and it's a it's a it's a weapons um, it's a weapons decision. Like Dak really. Really true. Like if we're keeping it a buck, Dak only have one one hitter quarter weapon, and that's Pollard. Like C- CD is good, but CD's like a you know he's a power slot. He's he, he he's good, but like CD's not going to be. I don't know. That's just the way I kind of think of CD. But but Purdy, you know, he ha- he legit has four guys who you take a bad angle, gone. So um, so yeah, I would. I would go Purdy. Fair enough. I guess two things there. I I would go Purdy. I would go Purdy. First of all, that seemed like CeeDee Lamb disrespect, but we won't get into that. And then um, secondly, yeah, I think the decision with Purdy there, um, like you said, based on the weapons, I think that is accurate as well as, you know, they're favored by three and a half. So that's a good thing to just kind of maybe lean on is that the better – or the team that's favored will probably have a better QB performance. So I don't mind it. But the CD Lamb disrespect, noted. Kind of love it because it's a dis- Texas weekend too, but nevertheless. I'm not disrespecting CD. I think he's he shades more towards Keenan Allen than towards Tyreek than the Tyreek for, for me. You know, it's it's like if you're looking at like that kind of continuum of good wide receivers. Um, I, I think he shades more to that possession type guy than than he does, you know, you bet the first couple guys better tackle this man or it's over kind of thing. So, yeah. No disrespect cool, cool. intended. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, let's put some lipstick on the pig, a.k.a. dress it up and make it real for me. So, Daryl. Yeah, whatever that means, right? <laughs> Um, so yeah, right here, we'll discuss a matchup that, you know, fantasy wise and, or just real football wise is just kind of like, eh. and this week we got the New York jets heading to the Denver Broncos. Both of these teams sit at one and three, one minute is on the clock. Sell me and the public on watching this matchup and go. All right, first off, we get to test the limits of how big a meal the D- the Denver Broncos defense is because if Zach Wilson is able to come in and just 
give them boys the business, then we already know you want to you want to go up against them. But like that'll that'll signal all kinds of degrees of helplessness on the Broncos side of the ball. It's looking like Javante is not going to play. I want to see what it's like when this kid Jaleel McLaughlin, you know, when he is fully baked into the lineup. Um, I want to see if Russ is a what he's able to do against this Jets secondary and i want to see what kind of approach the jets take um given that sean sean payton really gave nathaniel hackett the business nathaniel hackett is now the oc for the jets and i want to see if they really try to bomb these boys out and just pile up on them if the game happens to get out of hand okay first of all finish with three four seconds to spare love to see it overall though I got to give the analysis a D, man. Um, first of all, first of all, you the the Hackett revenge game like that that should have been mentioned earlier. And then number two, this is a fantasy pod, and I gave you a minute to discuss this. And two days ago, Jets coach Robert Salah states Brees Hall will no longer be on the pitch count. And that was not mentioned in that whole minute. Absolutely not. That's a D. We got to watch the film. Yeah, I got to wear that. I got to wear that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. Coach um, Coach called my number, and I didn't didn't perform. So, yeah. And it's only a D because you got the Hackett angle in. But the fact that you didn't mention Brees in one minute of that with that, Oh boy, that hurts my heart. <laughs> yeah. And you know now Brees gonna go out for like 120 and three. Right. And if he does it, we leading off the pod with it. But um <laughs> enough of me just playing around there. Let's get to our next segment. I can do that. Shout out to Lil Flip. We'll start with recapping. From last week, again, this is like a buy or sell segment for us. We both went one and two, so another under 500 for us. We'll watch the film and get better. But first one, will Javonta Williams have over 53 and a half rushing yards against the Bears? He ain't do that. Now, look, it's, we both said he could do that. But, you know, there was an injury involved in this one. Excuse me. And they did end up having, I think McLaughlin had like, 60 or 70 72. yards, maybe? Seven for 72. 72. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. We kind of can't be hard on ourselves on that one because it looks like Javonta probably would have gotten there. But injuries, man, they stink. Any thoughts on that? I, I'm i going to sleep well about that one because uh, Javonte was fully on his way to doing that. You know, injuries – Injuries happen. That's why when you push that over button on prize picks, you know, you're you're taking your life in your hands. It's, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> for sure. For sure. The next one we had, will Kirk Cousins produce another top five quarterback week against those Panthers? He ain't do that. Daryl said he could. I said he could not. Your thoughts on that one? That man went up and put out a stinker. Just an absolute, an absolute stinker. I talked about it earlier. Um, for some reason, they only passed the ball 19 times. Um, I need to go back and, and look through exactly what happened. I know that was ended up being a dogfight with um, 
like I said earlier with Carolina, but he didn't even he didn't even get to 200 yards in that game. Like that was nope. that was that, that that was pretty amazing. And who was yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that 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 one kind of surprised me. That, that that one really did kind of surprise me. Yeah, on the week, her cousins was QB twenty two from a quick research. And I think last week I mentioned about obviously Allen and Tua going at it. And I mentioned about, um, I think Lamar, no, not Lamar. I mentioned about some other quarterbacks as well. They didn't necessarily finish in the top five, but it was just one of those things. I felt that that, you know, it would, it would be Kirk's time to fall down from it. And I did mention the running game. Alexander Madison had 95 yards on 17 rushes and Cam Akers had 40 yards rushing there. So I'm going to say a good call by me. I love to see it. Yeah, absolutely. The final one, Pat Fryermuth. We had, would he be a top six tight end against the Texans? He ain't do that. He ended up finishing with three receptions for seven yards. And I believe he was also injured in this game, and he's doubtful this week. Uh, Daryl, you said he could not do that, I believe, and I said he could. Any thoughts on that? Yes, um, was he? I, I didn't pay too close attention on 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 that. Um, was he? Was he on pace to do it? You know, I wasn't as key in on the game as I could have been the whole time because I was kind of out and about, but. I mean, he had three receptions on four targets. So, I mean, it looks like, you know, the ball was going his way or they were looking his way. But, you know, I really can't give you a good, honest answer on if he was on pace. Well, again, you push that over button. You shake your life in your hands. This one, <laughs> this one fell, quote, unquote, my way, and the other one didn't. So, you know, they love you. Say la vie indeed, my man. Well, we got three of these, three more of these for this week in week five action. The first one, I'm going to pose it to you. Will Zay Flowers, wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens, have more than 45 and a half receiving yards against Pittsburgh? This line coming from prize picks. Yeah, man, the Pittsburgh pass defense has not been great. Not, not at all. And I've so I'm, I'm first off yeah he can do that and I the reason being the Pittsburgh pass defense has not been great my um, receivers have been able to get after them so yeah you know Zay I know that I know that um, Odell is going to be coming back and Rashad Bateman is going to be coming back but we already saw Zay eat with them in the lineup and Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh is not an easy win for tight ends either. So it could be a little bit of hard sledding for Mark Andrews. So yeah, I believe like through regular, like normal people targets and through schemed up targets, like we saw for Zay in week one, that that Zay will get there. So I'm going to say, yeah, he can do that. Yeah, we, we saw last week with Pittsburgh against Houston, like Houston was able to push the ball downfield and make some, some big plays there with Nico Collins, for example, but Pittsburgh is giving up the top. Well, they're in the top four points given up to the wide receiver position and fantasy points wise. And they run zone 
58% of the time. Well, what does Zay Flowers do versus zone? On 67 routes run in zone, he has a 2.8 yards per route run. I'm going to say he can do that. But I think it will be close because I think – I think um, excuse me, I think Baltimore – could be able to push the ball down the field if Bateman is healthy and Odell is healthy. So I think they may be a little bit more involved than normal, but I think Zay can get this number. Let's ride. Yes, sir. All right. The next one, I will throw it to you. Um, we have Will Sam LaPorta have more than 45 and a half receiving yards versus Carolina. Yeah, That's I was on a yeah, I was on a he can do that um, before before today. And now I'm more of a he can really do that with um, the news we're getting on Amon Ra. It's possible that he'll miss the game or he'll likely be out of this game. But just some background on that. Um, Carolina gave up or gives up the 11th highest yards per route run. I'm sorry, yards per reception two tight ends and they run they run zone 71 percent of the time well sam laporta versus zone 29 percent targets per route run 2.7 yards per route run <laughs> um yeah he definitely gonna do that yeah man i'm 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 with you on that you know um i'd be curious to see what this line is now that the, the whole doubtful business has come down on with Amara, or if they've just pulled all those lines. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think that um, one, the kid is, the, the kid is good. And they, man, they, they scheme up plays for him. Like he's, he, he's pretty damn legit. And so, you know, I, will he be, will he be target number one? He, he could be, he, he has a very good chance to be, uh, to be the number one target. I, you can see it being JMO in his first week back, maybe, but but, but yeah, I, he'll probably so not necessarily be in the Amon Ra role, but like kind of that middle of the field, uh, short to intermediate distance um, guy. Like yeah, I I, I can definitely see, um, I can definitely see Golf trying to pepper him with with targets. For sure, for sure. So we both are some he can do that looking asses right now but this last one joe mixon running back for the cincinnati Bengals, will he have a top five performance against the arizona cardinals what say you my brother man this is such a good matchup for him this is a this is a really really good matchup like through the ground and like on the ground and through the air um you know it's really so so what you know his, his competition this week being what like I feel like the at least one of the Miami backs are going to eat so you know that's one maybe two spots gone probability says pick against us but I got to go with my gut I'm saying I'm saying yeah we, we we see we see like the annual Joe Mixon breakout this week and. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm I'm gonna go three for three on the he can do that. Three for three. Oh man. Okay. 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 
Um, yeah, some background stats on Joe Mixon. Uh, overall this season, he's been RB 28, 18, 16, and 30. So has not sniffed even a top 10 performance this year. RB 21 on the season in PPR standings, and that's on 17 touches a game. Uh, whew. Arizona's defense, fourth most points given up to the position, fantasy-wise, 4.3 yards per carry, which is 11th most, and they've given up the six, six most receptions to the running back position. B-Rob scored a touchdown. Saquon had 63 yards and a touchdown. Tony Pollard had 122 yards. CMC had 106 yards last week and four tutties. If it's going to ever be a spot that Joe Mixon can do this, this going to be the spot. Considering his quarterback is struggling, he absolutely has to be a top five running back this week. Everything is showing for it. I'm going to say he can do it. He can do it sweet for me as well. Let's go. We riding on all three, huh? Yeah, man. I wasn't fully expecting that, especially uh, I thought maybe you would flip on the Zay one. But, yeah, it's hard It's hard not to say they can do these, man. Yeah, well, they all seem good to me. They all seem good to me, especially the reported one. That one, you know, given the circumstances, that one just seemed – uh, damn near like a lock. Um, but yeah, they, they, I feel good about all of them. So I'm sure I'll be 0 3 next week. Let's find out. <laughs> well, if you're 0 3, I'm 0 3 as well. So we ride together, my man. Sure. All right. Let's end it with a little DBB, the brothers battle. Of course, we battle with our betting sheet. Uh, typically on this episode, we will be giving you our picks for the game and giving our analysis for it. But the game has already been played, so you'll get the pulse analysis in our picks. Um, the game, of course, Washington versus Chicago. Washington, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. 44-and-a-half was the over-under. Darrell picks Chicago, and that lights green because they won the game 40-20. to 20. Easy six-and-a-half with him. And I picked the over, and that hit as well since they scored 60 points total. Daryl, your thoughts on this game between these two teams? I really felt like taking Chicago in the six and a half. I'm going into it. I thought, man, this is going to be a sweat. This is this is really going to be a sweat. And then by like the second quarter or so, it was like, all right, this looks like it's in the bag. Yeah. And then I remembered that it's Chicago and like what what happened to them <laughs> last week. Then it became a sweat again. And then Ron Rivera goes and elects to kick a field goal down. What were they? They were down like, I don't know, some some double digits, like either 16 yeah, like or 13. 16, yeah, something like that. Yeah, to go from 16 to 13 or something like that. And I was just like, oh, yeah, this is this, this easy money. Um, River butt Ron over there. He's not going to he's not going to put this in jeopardy like at all. This is going to cash <laughs> is it? Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah. over though. Yeah, that that over though. Yeah, I was I was nervous typing those four letters in there, but it was just one of those things where both of these defenses have not been good and both of the quarterback plays have not been great either, but I just felt both offenses were capable enough to at least put up, you know, 20 
20 points each. So it's just kind of like, well, if they both can put up 20 points each, somebody got to win the game. And I, I think they could put up maybe somebody a 27 piece. And, you know, Chicago, man, DJ Moore, ooh, boy. Yeah. A couple of them receptions by the skin of his teeth, but hey, he made them and that boy took off. So let me ask you this. Um, DJ Moore, is he a buy, sell, or hold right now? Ooh. Um, I, I guess you would say he's a hold because I don't, I mean, you have to pay top tier dollar for him right now after that type of performance in front of the nationally televised holes that everybody saw like yeah that's the buy cost is going to be too much and yeah it's either a hold or a sell but i'm gonna say a hold because sell this is this is the highest part of the market so you could do that too but i'm gonna say it's a hold for me okay uh one 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 last thing um dj moore for jamar chase who says no Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> uh, that's so tough because it's it's purely based on the con- condition of Joe Burrow. But um, I guess the person trading away <laughs> Jamar Chase says no. I don't. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like a. So tough. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're being asked to have faith on like on, on on both sides, you know. It's like right. Do you have faith that things are eventually going to turn around in in Cincinnati? And also, if you're a fantasy manager who has Jamar Chase, are those things going to turn around in time enough for your number one pick to actually start putting up at least like wide receiver two numbers or something? Or right. can you? Uh, or, you know, if you're the DJ Moore owner, you know, are you thinking, I got to cash out on this? Uh, or, you know, is this may- maybe not what we saw last night, but is this like, is this what things are going to be like, you know, once every four or five weeks put for this day? Right. Or was this just a blip? It's, yeah, it's a whole lot of, it's a whole lot of faith on, on either side of that transaction to say no or yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And what makes it even more interesting is that the Bears next three games are the Vikings, the Raiders. Both of those are at home. And then they go out to L.A. to play the Chargers. So it's like, oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. Could be some things there, man. (laughs) Yeah. Justin Fields might be about to go on a run. Well, he's already kind of in he's in the middle of one. Um, He's heating up. Uh, if he if he gets this next one, he'll he'll certainly be on fire. Right, right. Well, I see you have a couple of picks already in on the sheet. The one I wanted to ask you about is your pick between New Orleans and New England. New England, a one and a half point favorite over under forty one, and you already have New Orleans in here confidently. Uh, thoughts on that one? Yeah, I think. Um, I think the New England defense just is, just took a huge hit with Matthew Judon going down, and mm-hmm. with um, they lost their rookie cornerback, uh, Christian Gonzalez. I want to say his. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, who have been playing really well, not, not even just for a rookie, but just for any corner in the league. And, like, that was the thing for them to, to, to kind of hold their hats on was them defensively. And I think the the Saints will be fine. <laughs> New England's not challenging anybody offensively. I think the Saints uh, have enough to handle them um, defensively. I got to I got to imagine that in some way, shape, or form, the New Orleans quarterback situation will be addressed in the sense that if they put Derek Carr back out there next week, he's going to be in a position to not just dink and dunk down the field, or they're going to sit him and and put Jameis in um, or go to Taysom Hill or something. Like they're going to do something to adjust that offense um, around you know, as it relates to Derek Carr's ability to play with that shoulder, so I think their right. I think their offense will will get a little better, and they'll have less resistance than New England is normally capable of due to those injuries. So, yeah, okay, give me New England, and I mean New Orleans on the points. Okay, and yeah, that's kind of playing out in the market too, because now when I just looked on the score app, the the spread is now a pick 'em. So yeah, that. The, the the value there is drying up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let's look at something. Let's look at a few of yours. All right. Yeah. Tennessee going to the Colts. Colts favored by one, and you are taking the point with Tennessee. What's up with that? Yeah. Um, like I like I mentioned last pod, this is pretty much a coin flip. And my flip just likes Tennessee to barely get out of here with the win. Like where Indy or where you take advantage of Tennessee rather is on the defensive side is, you know, passing the ball and especially passing the ball deep and whatnot. And I just don't think that Indy necessarily has the playmakers more so the quarterback to fully take advantage of this to get the win. And I could regret saying those words, very possible, but that's just my thought on that game as of right now. I feel that. I feel that. I think if ever there was a game that um, Anthony Richardson was going to announce himself to the world in a passing sense, this would this would possibly be the one. But also, he's doing that against against Vrabel, so um, right. <laughs> yeah, it's a little. Yeah, I could. I could see it. I could see it both ways. You'll notice I don't have anything entered in for 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 that game, and that's probably going to be um, that's probably going to be a down to the wire uh, pick for me because I have no read on that. <laughs> Fully understand a lot of these. Like I got to get in the lab and get a read on like Cincinnati and Arizona. Since he a three point favorite, it's like oh, I don't know where to go with that one. So, yeah, I got to yeah. get in the lab and get some get some things going. It is so hard to to just feel good about laying points with the Bengals right now. Like it's right. so hard on the road at that. Yeah, <laughs> like man. against against what has been a pretty you know a pretty I don't even know what you call them like a like a plucky team in the in in, in the Cardinals you know so right yeah that's. That's the stuff. I might just go ahead and hit that under and uh, and call it a day. <laughs> and get out of there. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't blame you one bit at all, man. Like, prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, man. 
I guess that concludes, you know, the DBB there. And now we got week five action to look forward to. Um, I guess if you want to reach out to us, we are on the X Sphere, aka Twitter, whatever you calling it, at the Brothers FF. That's D A Brothers FF. Daryl, you got anything for the good people before we head out? Yeah, uh, I just want to shout out to the NFL for doing the right thing and making Dallas, San Francisco an island game so we don't have mm-hmm. to, you know, we don't have to split our attention between any, you know, between a, a bunch of games. So, yeah, shout, shout out to NFL for for doing that for us because I, I honestly can't wait for, for that game. I have no clue what's going to happen. And, yeah, sports. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> Right, right. And, of course, we got a primetime matchup between, you know, two teams we very well could see in the championship game. So, love to see it. Shout out to the 90s, too. Dallas and <laughs> yeah. San Francisco. Facts, 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 indeed. Well, we're going to get out of here, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. It's your boy, Derek, my brother, Daryl. We out. Peace.